2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's Aaron Rodgers at the match. Birdie to potentially... Defeat Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Look at that waterfall in the background. What a yeah, set! It's nice, it's a nice and course. I, I, I love it. I love it that Rogers for these events goes with all black. I love it. What's with all the black? Looks like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Here he goes. It's the funeral for the hopes of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. The putt from Mark. Our... Just hit the damn ball, Aaron. There it is. Oh, it broke in, and there it is. Oh, and he knew. He was confident. The last uh, nine inches or so, he knew it was going. He wins the match carries tom brady to another championship a guy who knows a thing or two about being carried to championships by his teammates tom brady (laughs) you're Um, funny
1: Uh, it was it was actually uh it was actually a fun watch i didn't sit and watch all 12 holes but i'd probably watch eight or nine holes of it i did and first off at first they they talked a lot a little crap to each other there was some really like funny moments all right that was great you could tell Josh Allen was very nervous. He was like, wait, I haven't been in this situation. A camera's up in my face with me hitting a golf ball. He hit the ball everywhere. He might have murdered three spectators during the the event. I'm not sure. But that was fun to watch. The star of the show, though, undoubtedly, like no doubt about it. Brady was really quick and funny with some of the things he said, no doubt. But to me, it was Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was the most gifted player out there he hit the most impressive shots of the day I thought he won the long drive he won the closest to hole part of it and you know also was the only one chugging beers as they were playing too, which I have great respect for he was having fun and uh, it, he was he was the star to me I paid no attention to it I watched none of it the only
2: thing that I did notice on social media Josh Allen had a ball that had the photo of the shirtless Tom <laughs> yes, Brady <right>. from <laughs> the <Right>. Scouting Combine. <laughs> that is awesome. That in and of itself is victory for Josh Allen. But That
1: uh, yeah, was uh, pretty well, good. It, it, Brady the, got the him good. One point. Why Mike. did they only do
2: twelve holes? Do they recognize how boring it is? And they, they, they. There's no way they were going to get through thirteen. They would have been just
1: finishing up now. With as poorly as they hit the golf ball, for the most of they'd be. They, if they played eighteen, they would have just finished like an hour ago. They, it would have took forever. Uh, they, they were not on their a game as far as that's concerned. But yeah, Josh Allen and Brady, they had a few good back and forth. Josh Allen kind of choked on a shot and chunked, you know, a bunch of grass and hit the ball in the water. And then Brady got up and hit a nice shot. And he didn't hit it great. He's like, oh, I chunked it. He's like, a little chunky, a little Josh Allen-y. And I think Josh Allen thought maybe he was talking about his body, too, a little bit. So it was kind of funny a little interaction they had.
2: <laughs> hey, I don't want my quarterbacks good at golf. This goes back to when Tony Romo was spending so much time in the offseason yeah, to try to qualify. I want my quarterbacks to be focused on one sport and... And one sport only. And I, and I I remember getting into some crossways with somebody about that. Somebody, oh, go, oh, get, you know, get a life or whatever. It's like, hey, man, I, you know, I know how much effort it takes to be good at golf. I, that's one of the reasons why I don't golf, because once I start – I start getting halfway decent and I want to get better. Well, how do you get better? You got to think about it. You got to go to the range. You got to play. You got to play. You got to talk about it. You yeah. got to one. Am I, am I using the right club here? Oh, I want to practice this. I want to practice that. And the next thing you know, it's sucking up all your time. And what are you really getting out of it for all the time you put into it? Especially when you're, you know, you're an NFL quarterback and that job becomes more and more and more consuming all the time. So anyway, uh, Aaron Rodgers was there because he's not at OTAs, and Matt LaFleur, who had been very, very careful, treading lightly, and still has not taken a direct shot at Aaron Rodgers. Here's LaFleur from yesterday about the general subject, no players named specifically, even if there's only one prominent player who isn't there. LaFleur on his attitudes regarding the importance of attendance at OTAs.
0: Yeah, each guy has that right to make that choice. If you're asking me, I want everybody here. So, um, you know, I think some of the thought process may have changed over what's transpired over the last two years, especially with our COVID situation where, you know, we didn't have OTAs. And then, um, but my, my always, my thing to our guys is well, neither did anybody else. You know, so everybody was playing, uh, had the same circumstances that they were dealing with. So, obviously now, with everybody being open, and you'd like to see as many guys as possible here.
2: You know... That's a risky comment. It's inherently risky. And I remember in the early days of voluntary workouts, you couldn't even say that. Yeah, I know. You couldn't say, I want everybody here. Hey, they got the right to be here if they don't want to, but I want them all here. That in and of itself, if the NFLPA wanted to push it even now, and they don't, they don't, maybe they will, I don't know. That is a statement that is dangerously close to the line, if not over the line. We just don't think of it because Matt LaFleur is not the kind of guy who talks like that. He's not the kind of guy who, who, who steps close to the line. But that sentiment, and maybe it's just a manifestation of his frustration that his starting quarterback isn't there at a time when, you know, it's pretty important to get this new look receiving core up to speed. I'm surprised that he said it because there's some stuff in there that really does push the envelope. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who does that.
1: No, no, you know, you're right. I, I you know, I, I hope the NFLPA doesn't do anything. I think he's just given an honest coaching answer and you know, he's, he made it clear that it's their right and they don't have to be here, but man, every coach feels the same way. I mean, they want everybody there. Yes. You have limited time. You have the limited time during the season now with some of the practice rules. So these guys don't want to give that up as much as a lot of people are sitting there and going go, oh, it's practice in early June. How much does it matter? It does matter. It helps. There's no doubt. You know, there's things in the offense that got implemented that are new. You talked about the chemistry with guys, all that. So that's a real thing. Now, maybe with Rodgers, yeah, you know, as far as the offense and the new plays and maybe things like that, that's going to be nothing for him. But I think the chemistry and leadership of a new group of guys and all that, that is important. I don't care who you are. There's no doubt. And then head coaches, of course, believe in that. So that's going to bother them. Uh, but you're right. He. He flirted with a little bit, but I don't think he crossed the line. He kind of just kind of let it be known he wants you there, but he didn't cross it, I didn't think. He crossed the line
2: if the line is enforced as the line is written. And, and, And we don't hear coaches say that. I think that's what was jarring about it, too. They stay away from that line now. They've learned through time and experience to stay away from that line, to not do anything to suggest it's anything other than purely voluntary, and just simply saying, I want them all here. I want them all here. That could be problematic. Again, Matt LaFleur gets away with it because he's never done anything remotely close to it. And he delivers it in a way that is so, I don't know, non-threatening and natural and nonchalant. It's not like he's like, I want everyone here. And he's banging on the table. But the, the content... I, I, I'm not. I'm not passing judgment. All I'm doing is stating facts. I know what the CBA says. I know what has gotten coaches in trouble in the past, and this is the kind of thing that uh, we'll see. We'll see if the NFLPA does anything. But I can understand why he wants Rogers there because Christian Watson. They're. Expe- I wrote about this over the weekend. The offensive coordinator Adam Stenovich, says that Watson eventually is going to be a problem. He's going to, you know, in a good way. Yeah. For the Packers, problem. In A bad way for defense. Right. Yeah. And a great. A great long read from Matt Schneidman of The Athletic about Christian Watson and his background and growing up and why he ended up at North Dakota State. And, right. You know, growth spurt. Wasn't playing in high school until he was a junior or a senior. But uh, great potential. Great potential. Oh, he's a star great, in my – Great yeah. measurables. Yeah. Um, I, I know you, you. he was one of your top guys going yeah. into the draft this year. But, but look, look, at the end of the day, they're counting on this guy to walk through the door as the number one receiver. And you can rattle off all the names of the second and third round picks that the Packers have found over the years who became great receivers. They did not walk through the door with the obligation, with the urgency, with the assignment of becoming the number one guy on the roster. So, And I say that because, number one, it's not going to be easy for Watson. And, number two, it would be a little bit easier if your quarterback was there to help you through it. That's why I said last week it's not about what Rodgers needs. It's about what Watson needs. Watson needs him there. And I, he's not, obviously, but I think Watson needs him there. And I think that's where that frustration, that's what caused Matt LaFleur to be a little more candid than maybe he's ever been in the past about something like this. Cause he knows it's going to help. Watson, it's going to help Sammy Watkins it's going to help all the guys who are there learning how to run routes and catch passes. If they're doing it with, the guy that they're going to be doing it with in September and beyond.
1: No, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, again, I think that has great value. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to support being at practice, getting the reps, doing that 100%. Now, Rodgers, does he have some work with these guys at some point? I'm sure he will. You know, Again, it's not the same work, but at least it'll get them going. I'm sure they'll meet somewhere and have a week of throwing and doing all that. But I think your point, the biggest thing is, Watson, Christian Watson, who's a freak show and to me was the freakiest receiver in the draft other than Jameson Williams is is like you're talking about, like already being marked as the number one guy. I mean, I saw comments from Randall Cobb last week going like there's nothing this kid can't do. Like he's he's going to like like the offensive coordinator said he's going to be a problem for defenses. And that is different to your point of when Jordy Nelson got there, Greg Jennings and Donald Driver were there, so he didn't have to, like, perform right away. And then when guys like Devontae Adams got there, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb were there, so he didn't have to perform right away. This one's different. This is no massaging. This is like we're going to be going into game one and you're the biggest threat we got at receiver and we need you to, you know, scare some people. And that makes it a little different for sure to your point.
2: We were going to pivot next to Sean McVay's comments from yesterday about Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald musing about possibly not playing, but we don't have time. But you know what? I, I You're not missing anything because it's always glass half full. It's always everything is fine, Sam. Everything's great, Gary. He'll be fine, Bobby. I, it's He's not going to say anything that really tells us what's going on. It's all get overly it done. optimistic. Yeah. And then, well, right, right, but, but, but. Aaron Donald said what he said, and it's going to take a few more dollars than what he's currently set to make at a minimum to get him happy about showing up and playing in 2022. Let's take the Rams
1: will be a laughing stock. If they let him out the building and have him retire, they're going to get made fun of. So they, they gotta, they gotta resign it. They're going to look stupid. If they let the best player in football, maybe on defense, walk away after eight years who just won you a Super Bowl and you don't pay him like respectively. That, that, that to me is what I would say. Sorry. I don't think it's retirement. I think it's holdout.
2: I think that that's what this is setting up for, that he won't be there until they take care of him financially. And if they refuse to pass a certain level that he has in mind, then that's when we start not thinking about retirement. We start thinking about Aaron Donald trying to force his way out. I don't know that, but I think that I don't think he's done playing. So he wants more money. He deserves more money. He deserves a lot more money, and he's getting to the last few years of his highest-end performance. I think that they better take care of him, or he's not going to be there, and then the next logical step is send me to a team that will pay me what I want, which would be the great irony because this is the team that says F them picks. They may end up getting some picks at the end of the day for Aaron Donald if they don't get it taken care of. I don't think he's going to retire, though. I'd be stunned if he does. Let's take a break. The Chris Sims Top 40 quarterback countdown continues right after this.
1: Rules were meant to be f- broken. F- Kyle Shanahan specials. F- Carius. Okay. Andre threw the ball 100 miles per hour through a window the size of a f- keyhole. Like, oh, there's the slant. Oh, he can throw the ball 60 yards off his back foot. You know. Does it get shaky? People were on him. They put everything on him. I'm not sure half the running backs in the league can do that right there. Good shit, man. On the money here. Let's just throw a screen. Big time. Mother throws.
2: <laughs> the only problem with that graphic is they're going to need a bigger jar. There yeah, they aren't definitely nearly are enough quarters in that stock video that was found. We move our way on the quarterback countdown up to number 18, and it's number 10. He doesn't seem happy with his ranking. Mac Jones for the Patriots at number 18. Uh, what caused you to put the now second-year quarterback in that spot?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think first off, you, you just throw like a, the banner statement. I mean, maybe the, the greatest rookie decision-maker we've ever seen in the history of football. I mean, it was a special year. I mean, again, it's the situation he was thrown in and thrust into. You know, a lot of new moving parts on that New England team taking over the new era, apparent for Tom Brady, and then really having to run the offense, like run an offense and like legit NFL offense, not really manage like, hey, screw you, we're the Patriots, these are our plays, and you better learn them. That was special, let alone, again, some of the special skills he brings to the table as a player. I mean, Mike, you saw it throughout the year. He's incredibly accurate. I mean, incredibly accurate. He's got incredible touch, anticipation. I mean, he's pinpoint with some of this stuff. And as the year went on, he got better at some of this deep ball throwing. This play right here, anticipation. Could we rewind that? Is that possible at all? I mean, I'd love you to just show that one more time if we could. Look at where he throws this ball, and the receiver's not even looking yet. The receiver, watch 85, Hunter Henry, go ahead and let it roll. Mike, when he hears the ball's out, the guy wasn't even turned around yet. He's unbelievable feel and touch with these type of plays. And then... Can put a little mustard on the ball and fit it into tight windows. But the more important thing is he throws the appropriate ball so much. This one was a little tight, but protects guys. Of course, puts the ball in front of them to where they can run after the catch. You know, his ability to read coverages, look at a mismatch. Whoa, I got a linebacker at the end of the line of scrimmage. He's going to be covering my tailback. He can't do that. Staying in the pocket here, I mean, getting three, four reads. Little jumpy in the pocket, but hangs in there and then makes the appropriate throw, stops the guy so he can take the hit from Winfield. And then this is the other thing oh, he can't, he's not a great athlete. We can't draft him because he can't run for 40 yards up the side. He makes so many plays like this throughout the year that you watch and you go, damn, he's really pretty damn good at getting out of the pocket and making plays and kind of manipulating uh, with the coverage with his eyes a little bit there that it's underrated because of the way he looks, you know, with his clothes on. So, Because of that, um, you know, yeah, I'm going to put him at 18. He's got to improve on some things for sure, Mike. The arm strength, the power throws, that needs to get better for sure. But, man, there's a lot lot of good there with Mac Jones.
2: One of the things that stood out to me while we were looking at those shows now or throws, and and here's some of the the, the downside. You want to comment on where he needs to improve? before We go back to praising him. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sure. I mean, these, yeah, you could see, look, look, let's rewind this again too. If we can guys, you see there like ball, ball flutters in the air. Yeah. Go start from here. Even this one, you know, The throw is basically a jump ball. Throw a ball a little bit in the line towards the back of the end zone. Let your guy have a chance to get it or not. Here's a back shoulder throw that's got to be thrown with some pace. You see, ball flutters in the air, doesn't quite have any pace on it to to give the receiver a chance to really make a play there. That's one thing I would say. Things like this, people in his face a little in the pocket. Again, ball lacks a little steam, kind of dies out as it gets to the target, gets intercepted. His arm is plenty good. He can make all the throws. But like we talked about with Joe Burrow last year, you know, if he adds a few more miles per hour and a few RPMs to the throws, it's just going to make their offense and him a little bit better. Rookie mistake, yeah, he made a few of those as the year went on. But, man, did he have a lot on his plate and played pretty damn well for a rookie in New England in that system. Damn, there's a lot of positives.
2: On the pack that we showed of the good throws, the guy that I thought of, and I thought of this in part because I wrote something about it before the show started, Trey Lance. Because your big criticism of Trey Lance, he's got one speed. He's got one throw. It's the zoom right. fastball. Right, that's it. Well, you could see from the way those plays were developing that we showed earlier, the circumstances often call for something other than a frozen rope. Exactly. You've got to drop it in. You've got to anticipate. You've got to put it in a spot. Not throw it as hard as you can, and that's something Mac Jones has already mastered. That's one of the things that, Chris, you've said we need to see from Trey Lance as he grows and develops. It can't just be high speed all the time. No. It's got to be pinpoint, touch, loft,
1: lob, exactly. placement. That's what Mac Jones can do. Oh, and, it's, and he's great at it. He really is. I mean, whether you see some of these throws there, but just his ability to like, oh, wait, I'm moving in the pocket. Somebody's about to hit me and kind of just throw a 25-yard crossing route into tight coverage but lead it in the spot to where it goes away from the defender and drops right in the right spot like you see on these throws. He's phenomenal with those. I mean, he can drop it in the bucket as good as anybody there is. And here's the other thing, Mike, that I think jumped out to me as I went and watched him and, you know – Watched him compared to maybe Garoppolo and, and Carson Wentz, who I had behind him. Damn, you know, as the season went on, I sitting there watching the throws and the offense, I went, I started to go, the Patriots trust Mac Jones more than the 49ers trust Garoppolo or the Colts trust Carson Wentz with the way they call the game and play the game. So, you know, that I add that to it. You know, again, a physical ability is good. It's not great, but the decision-making is great. His, his ability to move in the pocket and stuff is great and then I think like we saw yesterday with some of the comments out of New England again I get into that leadership effect on the team he has an effect on the team there's no doubt about that so Mac Jones arrow pointing up he's 18 we'll see if he can make some physical improvements going into 2022
2: Bill Belichick tapping into that pipeline to his good friend Nick Saban in finding Mac Jones and uh We'll see what his ceiling is, but he was better than most expected last year as a rookie, and the the ceiling is still out there. Yeah, and we'll see if that's he can right. get there. We don't know where the ceiling is on Baker Mayfield, but as you mentioned earlier in the program, he's climbing the ladder, even though he is persona non grata in Cleveland. There he is. Number seventeen. He doesn't look look happy about his. Well, he's <laughs> unhappy. Not. He's unhappy about other things. Yes. He's not. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about where you rank him. He cares about where he's going to be playing. But whoever gets him, as we've said time and again, is going to have a good player, Chris. And you, you clearly think
1: highly of Baker Mayfield. I do. And he was a hard ranking here because of the injury. And you know some of the guys that we're going to have in front of them that we'll talk about next week. They had good years too. So it's not like. Again, I think if we get to this point right here, you know, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, you start to go, Damn, these are this is seventeen and eighteen. are pretty damn good quarterbacks we're talking about here. Right? And then with Baker Mayfield, you know, I think the biggest thing too, the one thing when I go back and watch him is just I, I I marvel at his arm strength and his power in his arm. It is it is a special arm. There's no question about that. You know, again, his ability to push the ball down the field into tight windows, I mean, come on. It's a forty-yard out route he just threw on the money onto the into the sideline, you know, in, in the pocket here. Really didn't get to step into it. Has his feet flat, just turns his shoulders, rips a post down the middle, fifty yards down the field. Uh, he has the ability to change the game and call some plays on the offense that a lot of quarterbacks can't call because of his arm. Here is the longest completion of the year, you know, in the whole NFL. He threw that ball 60-plus yards in the air, and he throws it easy. Here, look at this. Again, reading the coverage, awkward footwork, unbelievably easy, ma- makes it look easy type throw. That wasn't easy. Not. And then you talk about the different throws. Look at this. Perfect. There we go. Little touch, lead him out in front of a big body in Joku, gets it done. And then even though he's not a great runner, he's a pretty damn good scrambler, Mike. That's what he is, and he can throw some piss missiles on the run. That is for sure. That's a technical term for all you people out there. But yes, he can buy, you know, buy some time, and then again, not going to run for twenty yard gains, but can do this. He's a player. He's a baller. He just can play football and play quarterback. You know, is he's small? Can he be a little over aggressive at times? Sure. Baker Mayfield's a starting quarterback with the type of talent to really be in the top 10 or top 11 and wouldn't be shocked if he ended up going there if he gets somewhere and has a great year again.
2: I have not mentioned this in a
1: while. Yeah. I hope someone from the Lions organization is paying attention. I hear you, Mike. I know. I've, I've said it on the radio, and I've given you credit a few times at different places where I, I still kind of sit there and go, well, Why? why wouldn't they?
2: And Lions fans get upset. Lions fans get upset. when It's like you realize your current quarterback is Jared Goff, first of all, all due respect. And second of all, why would you not want to try something different? Why would you not embrace a guy who comes to town with that edge, with that attitude? Because it can be very infectious. And I think part of the problem is, frankly, his personality doesn't mess with Kevin Stefanski. And, and that becomes something that drags down a football team. If the quarterback and the head coach are two very different guys from a personality standpoint, how does that not become a factor? Yeah. I could see Dan Campbell and Baker Mayfield meshing. I could see Dan Campbell instinctively knowing how to take that attitude of Baker Mayfield and shape it into exactly what he's looking for. Yeah, right. And iron out some of the rough spots, but welcome some of the other rough spots because they need some rough spots. Yeah. If they're going to be biting kneecaps, you need to have a guy with the attitude He'll walk up to you and bite your kneecap off yeah, or no. slap you in the face based on a
1: fantasy football dispute, as the case may be. Dang. They want guys like that in Detroit. I'm with you, Mike. I mean, I am. I mean, he, he fits the mantra of the football team, and he's clearly an upgrade over Jared Goff. I mean, again, Baker Mayfield can do some special things on the football field. He, he can he can make game-changing plays, and I don't, not, not all quarterbacks. are. He's going to have some quarterbacks in front of him who might play the position – as a whole, a little bit better, but don't have the playmaking ability he does, too. So when you refine that, that's that's when you can go, oh, wow, we got a top 10-ish quarterback here. You know, I know we have some tape. i will just show the mistakes and some of the things that are negative. I talked about he can play small in the pocket at time. He can be too reckless and too over aggressive with his arm. You know, they're, you know, they're just leaning a guy into a spot where he didn't read the coverage right, but he just decided he was going to throw it in there, and it wasn't good for him. And of course that's where, you know, he got hurt too and trying to make that tackle. That didn't help either. All right. Here, just oh wait, we got the post route called. Well the safety's down the middle of the field. There's he's not open. Don't just throw it. Or people in my face. I'm gonna just have messed up mechanics and kind of just fade away and throw the ball into a crowd of people. You know, those are the things we gotta get out of the Baker Mayfield, you know, repertoire. There's just some of that comes out of times where It's it's throw the ball too hard and wind up too much and and the legs go everywhere a little bit and it's oh I'm going to fit into a tight window that if he can fix that he will be a top 10 quarterback because like I said his physical ability is that of a a top tennis quarterback for sure. I remember he was
2: the number one overall
1: pick in 2018 and nobody was like, Oh, here are the Browns.
2: they the Browns. Browns is the Browns. No, it was like, Hey, that's a great pick. I mean, they, we didn't know what Josh Allen was going to be. We didn't that's know right. what Lamar Jackson was going to be. We don't know what any of these guys are going to be until they come to the NFL. There was no, Oh wow. The Browns really blew it. They drafted another Tim couch and he was, Really good in twenty eighteen when he when he got on the field and even though the team wasn't very good around him, he played well enough to he create did. real hope for twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen he fell off, but twenty twenty he was spectacular. And uh, you get him healthy, just like Miles Garrett said, and we played it earlier in the program. He'll land on his feet somewhere. Detroit, I want him to be the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Make it happen, Chris Spielman. And Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and everybody else out there who has any control over the organization, get Baker Mayfield. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back with more PFC Library right after this.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: Marion Barber, who played running back for the Dallas Cowboys from 2005 through 2010, found dead in his apartment on Wednesday age of 38 his 39th birthday was coming very soon the cowboys said in a statement "We're heartbroken by the tragic death of marion barbara the third marion was an old school hard-nosed football player who ran with the will to win every down he had a passion for the game and love for his coaches and teammates our hearts go out to marion's family and friends during this difficult time fourth round pick out of the university of minnesota minnesota native and uh one of the NFL's very effective tailbacks in his day you know we've talked about this from time to time guys playing the NFL they play well and it's so easy to be forgotten uh because there's always that next there's always that next crop but you know we try to remember all the time that we're talking about human beings here and they have to go on with their lives and sometimes it's very difficult when that star burns brightly yeah. at a fairly young age and then you still got the rest of your life and yeah. you know everybody People think that every NFL player is a multimillionaire. They're not. They're not no, Some guys still are making less than a million a year, and that's pre-tax, and you only maybe play for a few years. And how much money do you really have at the end of the day, especially when you were in your early 20s when you had it and you want to enjoy your life and you're not really thinking about being 30 and 40 and 50 and 60? Um, a, a lot of guys encounter struggles, and then you put the, the just the bodily trauma, the head trauma on top of it, it it is not as glitzy and glamorous and this lifetime of security and comfort that people think there are real challenges that players have. And it's easily to be easy to be forgotten. Even if
1: you were a great player during
2: that period of time that Marion Barber was in the NFL.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's one of the negatives about the league. There's just so many players and there's so many guys. And yeah, we we forget about a lot of good ones that fall by the wayside and Marion Barber was one of those, you know, the Cowboys kind of said it, right? That's how I thought he was old school. You know, he was a car crash running back. He was. And, you know, Mike, you know, good for you. Here it is. This is the so-called greatest two-yard run in the history of football, right? I mean, this is what he's famous for. I mean, it was going backwards, broke 12 tackles, and got two yards instead of getting a safety against the New England Patriots. So that was phenomenal. But he was old school. And, yes, you know, I could speak to it, and a lot of players could speak to it. It is not easy. Yeah, you, you explained it right. You know, everything, the top of your life is when you're in the mid-20s. You got a whole lifetime to go, and that's a big letdown. It's hard to replace that missing element and all the elements that football brings in your life, and then one day it's gone, and that's why, you know, you see some guys go down, a you know, a bad path at times. So I don't know. I don't. I know we don't have many details with what happened here, uh, but uh, I certainly feel for, for his family and, uh, you know, RIP to, to Marion Barber third.
2: It, uh, yeah, it's, it's tragic news. And, uh, uh, and again, there aren't many details right now, but we do extend our condolences to the family, the friends, the teammates of Marion Barber. And it is just a reminder that at the end of the day, we are taught, we ta- you know, we talk about football, we talk about players. It's easy to get desensitized to it because there's always going to be a crop of players on every team in every season. It's, you know, we celebrate the greatness, but they are human beings under those uniforms and they do have struggles while they're playing, and more importantly, in the many years that they have to go on after that playing career has ended. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. AFC South projected winner, according to PointsBet. Colts the favorites at minus 115. So much for the Titans, who were the one seed last year. They are plus 145. Jaguars... 7-1, Seven to one and there are the Texans 30 to one. My God, I would not have expected that big of a spread between the Jaguars and the Texans Chris
1: I it's a little surprising to see it there but you know the Jags spent a ton of money this year they got a quarterback you know that we got people excited so I could see that the Texans I still look at them as a team of going, man, there's a lot of solid and depth there. But is there game-changing players there to really think that they can make something happen on either side of the ball? I think that's the one thing I would question about them uh, either way. I'm a little surprised. Like, why, though? Are the Colts the favorites? Is it just because Matt Ryan's there and Ryan Tannehill had a bad last game? I mean, I I guess I'm a little surprised to see the spread there as well.
2: Well, and and there's this lingering sense that the Colts are a really good team, and it was all Carson Wentz's fault. So now they've got Matt Ryan. And, you know, the Titans, the last memory of them, the three interceptions from Ryan Tannehill, right? So the vibe around the Titans, the loss to the Bengals, it's not good. And this is driven by betting. The odds reflect what the betting patterns are, and people tend to have more faith right now in the Colts and the Titans. All right, it's the AFC South best non-quarterbacks in the division
1: draft. Chris, you're up. All right, um, I'm going to lead it off with a big ugly. I'm going to go with the guy that's the best offensive lineman in football and already going into the Hall of Fame, and that's Quentin Nelson. That's where I'm going to start it. I mean, Quentin Nelson is the best guard in football. If you need him to play tackle, you can do that. Uh, but he's phenomenal. And, yes, he is already going into Hall of Fame-type territory. So I'll pick him to start it off. Uh, his attitude, what, what the Colts do, it's set by him and his ability to move people and open up holes for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, look, and he's a guy
2: who was superstar from the day that he first arrived, sets the tone for the offensive line, the big wall that Jim Irsay and company built. They, the wall! They, you know, but but I think this is why he was so frustrated last year. They have all the pieces. Yeah. They just have had yeah. this revolving dork quarterback. Interviewed Chris Ballard, the GM of the team, several weeks ago. You could just feel feel the frustration the exasperation at their inability to have a quarterback for more than a year and they hope to have matt ryan for a couple they eventually hope to get the guy that's going to be the long-term answer but they've been pivoting from veteran to veteran while they they wait and that's the other side of this too i'm gonna get back to the draft but this you know they're good enough that they have reason to try to find a veteran this isn't the time to try to develop a young quarterback they're too good to not try to plug in somebody who can take them to where they want to go all right Derrick Henry has taken the Titans to where they've been trying to go and uh, even though he missed eight games last year in the regular season after I think nine games total after he suffered that foot injury he's still one of the best players in the entire NFL the best running back he was on pace to have a ridiculous year before that foot injury happened out of the blue a day after they had beaten the Colts in kind of a hard-fought game but uh, Derrick Henry I think he would have been my first pick anyway. I'll do respect to Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I'll Derrick Henry, a special running back, and uh, we'll yeah. see how many more years he can keep it going. A lot of wear and tear. Big body, but a phenomenal player. This generation's Jim
1: Brown. No, no doubt. I hear you. You know, you know, Mike, sometimes with these drafts, I try, to, I try to give some of the other star players that maybe not everybody gets the credit for at times and, and give them that there, too. I knew one of us was going to pick Derrick Henry here in the next round or two. Um, but, yeah, a freak. Again, we just talked about Quentin Nelson. I think, you know, in this era of, whoa, running backs, not many are going to go to the Hall of Fame. Derrick Henry's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Derrick Henry's an all-time great running back. That's already set in stone. There's no way you can argue it. Period. So I'll, I'm going to be interested to see how good he is this year. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that's challenging him to to maybe take that mantle, to be the 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 best running back in football. And Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. I know I brought him up, but damn, Taylor, you know six one or five, you know six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds, can run with power, break tackles, but you know, as we know, and like we've seen with Derrick Henry, his guy's got three rockets up his butt, like legit. And he can go 70 yards of the house from anywhere on the field. I mean, he's special. He is that way. So, you know, definitely in the conversation for the best running back in the sport, uh home run hitter and like a four or five yard tough nose runner too. I love Jonathan Taylor's game.
2: Um, I'll flip it over to the other side of the ball, and I'll go back to the Titans. You go Colts, I go Titans. This is like the AFC East the other day when you did all Dolphins and I did all Bills. I'll go Jeffrey Simmons, ah, who was jerk. unstoppable. Yes, I, said, well, yeah, I thought you were <laughs> taking him last round. I know, I didn't unstoppable think you would. Yeah, <laughs> in that game against the the Bengals, yeah. and uh, time, he's 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 due to get the money that Big. he deserves and uh, disruptive. the the next wave, the next guy who's that kind of Aaron Donald presence who can just F up the play and get to the quarterback, not just create chaos and allow everyone else to go get to the ball.
1: He can create the chaos and go finish the job. No doubt. Uh, I mean, great pick by you. I mean, I I wanted to take him last round. I just I didn't think you would do it. So I I was I was kind of sandbagging you there. But I think that Jeffrey Simmons has entered that conversation to your point of top defensive tackles in football. And, uh, maybe not going to say he's Aaron Donald, but he's in that conversation with him, Chris Jones. You know, It's a special group, like you said. They can put up stats or they can F the play up and not get any stats, but they're the the reason the play was ruined. So good one there by you. All right. Damn. I mean – I guess we're going to go Titans-Colts in this draft because I, I you know, I, I like Brandon Scherf down in Jacksonville. I don't know if anybody warrants me picking them in this draft quite yet in Jacksonville. And the same thing like with Houston Texans. There's Laramie Tunzel on the board, but I don't know if I can say they're better than some of these other guys I still got on the board from the Titans or the Colts. I'm going to go with DeForest Buckner. I mean, DeForest, if Jeffrey Simmons isn't the best defensive lineman in the division, it's DeForest Buckner who's, who is. Uh, I mean, again, it's a giant human being who can play defensive end and defensive tackle and do a lot of the things you just talked about with Jeffrey Simmons except he's a little more vertically taller there and and Simmons maybe a thicker, you know, more of a powerhouse type of guy. But damn, DeForest Buckner is a game wrecker and definitely one of the best defensive alignment in football.
2: I I, I look, I maybe Larry me tons of from the Texans. There's I know really right? nobody from the Texans. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why they they are uh, such long shots to win the division. I'll go James Robinson just because okay. it's kind of like the early Frank Gore phenomenon. By the way, Frank Gore is going to sign a one-day contract to retire with the 49ers today. The argument he makes early in his career, he was all that the 49ers had. He had to gain yards without a passing game, without blocking. He still had to find a way to get it done. James Robinson broke onto the scene with a 1,000 yards season in 2020 when the jaguars were horrible they won in week one and they lost 15 in a row and last year i feel like urban meyer was doing everything he could to not use james robinson to undermine james Robinson. it seemed like it one of the many controversies urban meyer telling an implausible story about why robinson was taken out of a game and not put back in they drafted travis atn they ran somebody on fourth and one
1: right
0: yeah, right. yeah.
2: So I, I, I just you know, to the extent that there's any name that jumps off the depth chart, that that definitely deserves credit, and has suffered through a, two years of crap in Jacksonville, it's James Robinson.
1: Yeah, he's he's a, a hell of a football player. He is. He's he's you know going unnoticed a little bit there in, in Jacksonville, but and you pair him with Travis ATN this year and what he could possibly be, that could be a, a scary backfield. But uh, damn, I mean. We didn't pick Darius Leonard. Uh, He's, you know, up there with one of the best linebackers in football. We left him off the board. The guy who led the division in sacks, Harold Landry, we also left him off the board. You know, you start to realize when you break down, the one thing I've learned from these exercises is you do do start to realize that, whoa, there's considerably more talent on the Colts and the Tennessee Titans compared to the other two teams in the division. Jacksonville has a chance, but it's all potential. We just got to see. We're not sure. It's young and, and unproven to this point. And, and they're
2: doing what they can to improve the team. But you're they right, are. the Titans and the Colts are the two teams that are established, and by all appearances, they will run that division. Again, we'll take a quick break and wrap up this Thursday edition of PFC Live right after this. John Madden, who passed away late last year, back on the cover of the game it launched back in 1988 it was the 34th anniversary of the day that the first edition of John Madden Football launched that it was announced that he'll be on the cover and you know people are like, what's a big deal about the cover because nobody even buys the game in a box anymore yeah but every time you turn it on yeah you got to see it for see a few minutes right? all year long so it's going to be plenty of John Madden that you see if you buy this year's edition of the game and and you know people like to hate on the game and i went through a stretch where i just it's like the same thing over and over and over again but it's still number one the only nfl and nflpa licensed game and number two it is pretty damn good i don't know how much better you can make it the playbooks are pretty real you learn a lot about football you learn a lot about who's in the league it does simulate the game pretty well it's fun could it be better? I anything? I mean, yeah, I know. it could be I better, guess. but it's still pretty do? damn good. I know. What are you well, there put was me that the... one year. Yeah. There was that one year where uh, they had the two K five game that was they cut the, they slashed the price and everybody was like how awesome it is. But I, I'm, it's Madden's pretty damn good, and uh, I think it's a great idea and it's a fitting tribute to put John Madden back on the cover because so many kids out there don't know who he is. They don't know who he is. They just they, – Madden is the name of the video game they play. They don't understand the history. So hopefully some kids this year will have a better appreciation of what John Madden meant to football.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he's special. It's the right thing to do by putting him back on the cover in this year. And, I, I mean, I'm with you. To me, it's the greatest video game ever. It is. I still have parts. Like last year, I get into parts where I start playing my son a little bit, and we start going, and he has to teach me new tricks of the game. I'm like, damn, why don't they just keep it the same? I'm old. I don't want to learn these new things anymore. But it's a great game. The best.
2: That's it for today. Chris, enjoy your three-day weekend. I will. See you.